Hi, friends. Welcome back to Sorta Awesome. I'm your host, Meg Teets. And here we are. It is officially December, and that means it is officially the last month for Sorta Awesome. If this is the first time you've listened to Sorta Awesome, <laughs> welcome to the end. <laughs> um, as part of uh, bringing Sorta Awesome to a close, I asked each of the co-hosts to please, if they wouldn't mind to do this for myself, for themselves, and especially for you, the awesomes, to think about like, what is your best of? Like what, as you think about your time at Sorta Awesome, what's some standout stuff? What are some standout moments? And also what's the one episode that you're like, yeah, this is, this is it. This is the best of me in some way I have with me here today, my very dear friend. I'm going to start crying. My very longtime co-host, if <laughs> Rebecca you, Hopper. If you start crying, yeah. then show oh, over because I, I, I cannot <laughs> handle it. I am the teariest of teary people. And oh. if I see somebody else cry, oh my word, TikToks yes. are a major assault on me all the time. <laughs> like, I don't even know you and now I'm sobbing in my bed. I feel like you probably get a lot more sentimental, emotional TikToks than I do. <laughs> It's a disaster every time it happens. I have been known to cry more than a few times at TikToks showing concert footage from Taylor Swift's Eras <laughs> Tour. Yes, I do cry at some TikToks. Anyway, oh my gosh, we have so much to get to today. Rebecca is going to, I've got some questions for her. She's going to share some thoughts, some reflections back Um on this time that we have spent together at Sort of Awesome. And we celebrate the best of Rebecca here today. On Sorta Awesome. Like I said, we have so much ground to cover today, Rebecca. We have we have conversation, we have reflections, we have so much to talk about. We have a return to the archives. We even have some bonus footage that prior to this moment has only ever been heard by our superstars. We're going to share with you guys. So before we get to all of that, though, we do need to go ahead and start the show the way we always do, the way we have for the past eight and a half years, hundreds of episodes. Let's go ahead and start this show uh, with our Awesomes of the Week. Awesome of the Week, of course, is the moment in the show where we stop and talk about whatever is making life a little bit more awesome right now. It could be a book or a TV show, a movie, a podcast, a product, something that is bringing that gold sparkle to our days. Rebecca, what do you have for Awesome of the Week this week? I was very strategic in what I picked for my Awesome okay. of the Week. I wanted it to feel very classic Rebecca. Do you have any Perfect. guesses what that might be? I feel like there are some choices. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking romance book. Ding, ding, ding. You nailed, you nailed it right there. Oh. You oh, nailed I'm it right there. <laughs> okay. I'm so thrilled. I cannot wait to hear all about it. Okay. You're going to hate it. <laughs> oh, okay. Is it trauma bond? It is. Is it dark romance? It is. Okay. All right. Bring it on. Here we go. Okay. I will buckle up. The book is If We Disappear by Mindy Hayes. And okay. here is the premise of the book. Maeve wakes up in a bare room with cement walls, but she is I hate not. It already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's my only interruption. Please go ahead. <laughs> I guarantee it's not going to be the only one. <laughs> 
Okay, but she is not alone. When she rolls over the man who's collapsed on the ground next to her, she fully expects to see her husband, but instead, it's a complete stranger. <laughs> it. Yes. So, Maeve and Ledger have been kidnapped by a masked man that they call the puppeteer. They don't know who he is or why he brought the two of them together. They are complete and utter strangers. As time goes by, Maeve and Ledger become dependent on each other for survival. They are pushed to the edge physically as they have very little access to food and water. But even more so, they're pushed to the edge mentally as the puppeteer finds ways to psychologically torture them. (laughs) I... I want to hide under my bed from this book. This sounds terrifying. <laughs> okay, but it's a romance book. But it's a romance? Which means, mark. and this is something that I learned from Sword of Awesome, a romance book has to have a happily ever after in order to be considered Indeed. a romance book. Indeed it does. Okay, so, but now listen. This is not a romance book with a lot of warm fuzzies. <laughs> obviously. Um, But it goes heavy on the emotional bond. And I love a trauma bond. I know you don't get that, Meg. But the thing that I love the most about romance in general is when as the reader, I can feel the connection between the two main characters is so powerful. And it's like they need each other just to breathe. And with my favorite trauma bond books, it's that feeling times a hundred. They like literally need each other to survive. Yeah, I hate it. And I think that you just, you hit on something. I had a visceral inner reaction when you were talking (laughs) just now. And I think, I actually think I understand one of the main reasons I don't want a trauma bond. I cannot deal with neediness in any relationship. It's a big... (laughs) Big red flag. I can't do it. So if there's like a need component there, I can't. I married an Enneagram 5 INTJ for a reason. (laughs) He doesn't need you for anything. (laughs) Emotional distance is my jam. (laughs) Hilarious. No, seriously, though, just like the, oh, I need you to survive. Like I that I had an actual lurch in my stomach when Mm. you said they need each other to survive. I can't do it. But, but. I can see how that there for for a, a certain thing like that. I can see how there'd be a thing. It's just not for me. Well, I also really love the suspense of it all, but with the peace in mind that everything's going to work out. So it's thrilling yeah. to read, but it still feels safe. So I like yes. that kind of like burst of adrenaline that I get from reading something like, oh my goodness, this is terrible. What's going to happen? But I'm not like push to the edge with my stress yeah, yeah, yeah. because there's mm-hmm, the comfort. Mm-hmm. It's all going to work out. So okay. I, I will say that this book has a lot of similarities to one of my all-time favorite reads, Still Beating by Jennifer Hartman. Listeners, if you liked that one, this would be a good read alike. I will say okay. that um, this book, if we disappear here, it is lower on the spicy scale and it might even be technically considered closed door. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's on Kindle Unlimited. You can buy it on Amazon. I know that this is not for everybody. I knew specifically this would a thousand percent not be for you. But it it is a true love of mine. 
So yes. I just had to bring it. It's very classic, Look, Rebecca. <laughs> it's so classic, Rebecca. And I hope that you 1000% know I am not trying to yuck your yum at all. I love that you love these books. Mm-hmm. And clearly, there is a big audience for them. They are, it's a very popular trope. So it's just not for me. I'll be over here reading my, um, <laughs> I'll just stick to reading my dreary fan fiction for now. <laughs> that works. That works. That tracks too. Oh, if only I had a new one to bring this week, uh, that would be great. Um, I love that. We will have links in the show notes for Rebecca's Awesome of the Week so that you guys can go check it out if you are on Kindle Unlimited. I mean, why wouldn't you? Like, isn't that why you're on Kindle Unlimited Mm -hmm. to read Rebecca's Rex? (laughs) For sure. Okay. I have an Awesome of the Week that I think is, I didn't intentionally choose it to be this way, but I think it's pretty on brand for me. It is a skincare product. Yes. Classic Meg. (laughs) I love it. I'm going to tell you all, You know, we talk a lot in the awesome community, in the Hangout community on Facebook about products. We are asking each other, what are you using these days? What, what, what's, you know, what's the love of your life? What's your holy grail when it comes to your skincare products? You guys, we've been doing it wrong. We should not be asking each other. We need to ask our Gen Z girlies. They know everything. They, they, they have forgotten more about skincare than I will probably ever learn. <laughs> <laughs> I am living with one of those. My 16-year-old daughter, AJ, is super, super into skincare. Most of her TikTok feed, skincare products. Do these girls need advanced levels of skincare? No, they don't. They're, skin- they're, in, the, they're in the peak of youth. Their skin is beautiful. Uh, but still... They're into it. And so I got some really great recommendations. In fact, the my awesome of the week, I brought a visual for you, Rebecca, mm-hmm. was a cast off from AJ. She like was really excited about this. She got it. She's like, mom, I don't really like it. Do you want it? And I was like, okay. So it is called, um, well, first of all, it's from, it's a, it's a K-beauty brand. It's from the brand Illy Yoon. And it is the Ceramide Auto Concentrate Cream. Now, the reason I'm bringing this now, you can see I've, I've used quite a bit of this. She got it because what it's really big on TikTok, especially with the younger girls for skin barrier repair. Like if you've had to use, for example, acne medication, or if you're using, um, retin-A for like wrinkles for aging, if you're using something that is, um, difficult for your skin, skin barrier repair is a thing. So that's why a lot of the younger girls like it. I love it because it is the level of thick moisturization that I feel like I need, especially in the winter. Mm, I've mm -hmm. talked about numerous times on Sorta Awesome that as I've gotten older, my skin, which was always pretty much just like combination, leaning a little towards oily. As I've gotten older, my skin is so freaking dry. This, and it's so tight. It just feels so tight all the time, whether yeah. I've just gotten out of the shower or if I just wash my face, my skin feels so tight, especially in the winter. So this is like the thick moisturizer that you want to slather on before bed. Also, it's this brand, Iliun, specializes in products for um, sensitive skin. I have highly reactive skin. In fact, I've got a little breakout going. I, I, I hope I covered it up well. Um, I've got a little breakout on my face because I tried a new sunscreen and my skin freaked out. Oh. And so 
like I have to be really careful with my mm-hmm. products, but Iliune is known for their products for sensitive skin. So anyway, this is available. You can get it in a lot of the places that carry K-Beauty. You also can get it from authorized Iliune on Amazon. I'll link in the show notes. It's like, I want to say it's around $20 for this, which depending on how much you usually spend on skincare, that might sound like a little or a lot. I will say it is so thick and potent. You really don't need very much. This has lasted me. I mean, this will last me a long time. I've been using it nightly uh, for weeks and I'm nowhere near running out. I mean, that's a decent size bottle. It is. It is good sized. Yes. And I'm just loving it. So if you are like me and you, especially in the winter switch to a thicker moisturizer, especially at night, you guys get the Iliune. If you have a Gen Z person in your life who is into skincare, (laughs) ask them what to buy. We should stop asking each other and start asking the youngers because they know what's up. So amazing. I have a link to that in the show notes for you guys. Yes. Okay, Rebecca, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to get into these questions um, that I want to ask you about your time. I really feel like this is this is spotlight on Rebecca Day. Are you ready for this? Ready or not, here we go. <laughs> okay. All right. I've got some questions for Rebecca. We're going to get to that. We're going to talk all things best of Rebecca when we come right back. Okay, awesomes, let's talk about Notion. I started using Notion, gosh, I feel like it was on like New Year's Day a couple of years ago. I had been seeing a ton of YouTubers talk about how they had set up their Notion to keep track of all of their projects for their digital content creation. Once I tried it, I absolutely fell in love. Notion combines your notes, your docs, your projects all together in one beautiful space, and it's so completely customizable. And now Notion has taken all of that awesomeness to the next level with their new AI tool called Q&A. Notion's Q&A is basically like having a personal assistant that responds in seconds with exactly what you need right there in your Notion doc. Now, because I've been using Notion for a couple of years, I have a ton of things that I have saved, created, information I access all the time. But you know me, I can be a little flighty. Sometimes I completely forget where I have put something in Notion. Notion's Q&A is truly helping me keep my sanity intact. When I can't find something that I know I recorded in Notion somewhere, I just ask Q&A and it brings me the answer in seconds. Lightning fast, you guys. I love it so much and I want you guys to check it out because I know you're going to love it too. Notion's AI can give you instant answers to your questions using information from across your wiki, projects, docs, and meeting notes. Let's say you have an urgent question that you'd normally turn to a coworker to answer. Listen, now you can just ask Q&A instead. It will search through thousands of your documents in seconds and answer your question in clear language, no matter how large or complex your workspace is. So friends, try Notion AI for free when you go to notion.com slash sorta, that's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash sorta to try the powerful, easy to use Notion AI today. And when you use our link, you're supporting our show, notion.com slash sorta. Okay, we are back. And this week on Sorta Awesome, we are doing the best of Rebecca. I am so happy to put the spotlight on Truly, one of my dearest friends who has been here from the beginning. And 
I kind of wanted to, before we like highlight your episode that you picked out that you, you wanted to pull from the archives for your best of, I have some questions for you. First one being, as you think back on these past eight years, creating Sorta Awesome, you think about yourself, how have you seen growth in your life? What changes have you seen in you yourself because of your involvement with Sorta Awesome, whether that's being on microphone, being in the community, whatever, just like what, as you think about changes, growth, because of Sorta Awesome, what comes to mind for you? Well, one thing that I find fascinating is that I think that Sorta Awesome, like in general, has made me more aware of the ways that I have been evolving over the last eight plus years. You know, people always say that humans are constantly changing, but I don't think I think I always was like a little bit skeptical. I'm like, oh, have I really? Am I really that different? <laughs> um, yeah. But when we would do episodes like 10 Big Things We Stopped Doing, which is episode uh, mm. 264, 10 Things We Wish We Had Done Sooner, episode 183, when you literally have your your voice and your thoughts recorded that you can look back on. I think I've realized, oh my goodness, we are like always constantly changing, evolving, growing way more than I ever gave myself credit for. So Mm. it definitely is uh, something that is a gift to be able to look back and like see how far we've come. So we're going to go, Meg, we're going to go like all the way back for I feel like the biggest change that I have seen in myself. Okay. All the way back. Yes. To episode one. <laughs> oh my. I was on the very first episode of Sorta Awesome. Yes. I kicked off the very first awesome of the week. Like you had, you always had, like everybody always goes <laughs> first and then you go. So I presented the first awesome of the week into the universe. Do you remember what that was? <laughs> no, of course you don't. I have I have vowed to myself I will never listen to those early episodes because that will be the end of me. So I have no idea what it was. Okay, I remember what mine was because it was a little bit of a traumatic event. And I will explain. First of all, it was still extremely on brand for Rebecca. Okay. I okay. presented a movie called In Your Eyes. Yes. Okay. It was a very odd film about two strangers who could see each other's Meg is like collapsing in laughter. <laughs> who can see each other's lives through their own eyes. It was a bit of a like sci-fi forbidden romance uh-huh. type of trope. Very, okay. very okay. odd okay. movie. I, yeah. I just looked it up here yesterday um to see like can you still like watch the movie it's it's not on like a single streaming platform i think you can watch it on youtube maybe it's practically scrubbed from the internet if i can find it on youtube i'll put a link in the show notes but um this is hilarious i watched the trailer yesterday and i kind of got like warm and fuzzy goosebumps all over again It is so my my kind of movie. But listen, it's weird. It's like so dumb. It is it is like 
when did we start 2015 it's like the 2015 like trauma bond type of correlation here it's just like crazy right okay so i love it after that first episode aired listeners were engaging with the podcast bless their hearts and leaving comments that they were watching the movie based on my recommendation and i was freaking out i i do remember you being fully freaked out I remember that specifically. And Laura on Voxer was like, Rebecca, that's like the point. <laughs> She's like, this is what we're doing this for. Like, like we're going to present recommendations, things that we like. And if somebody, we need to trust the audience that they are going to hear our words and interpret for themselves if that is something that they also yeah. might like. And if mm-hmm. it turns out that they don't like it, that's okay. But this is kind of what we're here for. <laughs> but I was so thrown off. I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean they're actually watching it? I'm the, Nobody was going to actually watch it. Why are people actually watching it? It was like, no, that was the awesome of my week. Why would anybody else watch it? Like, I, was like, I was like, oh, no, I don't think anybody's going to like it. <laughs> that okay. is so funny. That is so funny. I, I remember the freak out. Yes. So I think it's I think it's safe to say that I have grown more confident in sharing what I love. Yes. And I've come to realize it is a uh, build it and they will come type of mentality. So by openly mm-hmm. sharing what I love, I will attract people who will also love those things. Yes. And I will also give people permission to love the things that they love. And Amen. sometimes yes. there is just joy to be found in seeing the enjoyment that people are getting out of their own like hobbies. Like Meg, you hate trauma bond so much, but you are yeah. always so happy for me. Every time I I'm read so a good happy. One. I am so happy for you that that exists in this world in plentitude and that there's good stuff out there that you love. So I, I have told so many people that like the best part of my job here on sort of awesome is that I can talk about whatever I'm into at the moment. And mm-hmm. it is just the most fun thing. And I've learned to yeah. accept that not everyone is going to love what I'm into and that that's also okay. Yeah. So if they watched in your okay. eyes and they hated it, that is okay. <laughs> in fact, yes. last year, uh, we got a two-star review, an Apple podcast that said, <gasps> oh, ugh. I no. can't with all the Harry Styles talk. <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed so hard when I okay. read that. I think that's growth. Yes. I think that is definitely growth. <laughs> that is growth. That is growth. Um, that is amazing. I, if that is a two-star review, I applaud you, <laughs> two-star reviewer, because... You noticed that that we do love what we love around here. Um, my favorite, this is neither here nor there, but my favorite low review, one time we got, this was a while back, we got a one-star review from somebody who had to, as I remember the review, 
they had to pull over their car and stop the podcast because of my laugh. Like they just were like, no, <laughs> it's too much. It's too loud. I had to pull over. They took the time, Rebecca, to figure out how to write a review in Apple Podcasts <laughs> to let me know. I love it. I love it. Um, Heaven forbid we laugh so too much. so good and so true. Like, I do think that I can see that as somebody who not only has had all of these hours of conversation with you on microphone, but many hours, more hours behind the scenes. I think all of us kind of struggled with that thing of, I really like this thing, but I don't think anybody else is going to get it. And the vulnerability of putting mm -hmm. that out there. And I do think that all of us grew substantially in being able to just fully own. No, I'm, I'm super into this and I will not stop talking about it. <laughs> yeah. In general, I feel like one of my biggest takeaways from Sort of Awesome is just being una more unapologetic for what I am into, yeah. for yes. the space that I take up, for the beliefs yes. that I hold, uh, just just more confidence in general. Yeah. I love that so much. It kind of leads into the other, uh, another question I was going to ask. Um, so there may be some overlap here, but I also wanted to ask you, like, as you think back on your time, are there some lessons, some skills, even technical skills or other skills, some beliefs, some realizations that you're going to take away from your time at Sort of Awesome? I think you kind of covered some of that as you were saying, like you've really learned about, you know, taking up space and uh, loving what you love. Mm -hmm. Other things that come to mind that you might've learned in the past eight years? Well, very quickly, I learned that communicating through the spoken word is more of my sweet spot, which I will say was a very rude awakening for 2015 Rebecca, as I was big <laughs> into blogging and Instagram stories were not even yet a thing that existed. And I was like, well, yes. shoot, what do I do <laughs> with that? <laughs> Suddenly, I don't ever want to write anything ever again. I'm in trouble. <laughs> yes. Yes. But thankfully, you know, that blog is still chucking along. And Instagram stories is a place where I have found that I can thrive. And I feel like I have also thrived here. And who knows what's yet to come. But um, yeah, I think that was one thing that I learned um, skill-wise. I also, I have learned so much about the way that my mind works uh, okay. Meg, you introduced me to the world of personality types or maybe mm -hmm. forced me into the world is more like it. <laughs> yep. Yes. <laughs> and Meg, you were the first person to tell me that I'm good at taking projects and breaking them down into smaller tasks. Oh, yes. You're exceptional with it. Well, thank you. Again, <laughs> I remember that moment very clearly. I hadn't realized that thinking through the details of tasks was something that like not everyone did, let alone mm. being something I could be considered good at. Yes. Looking yeah. back at one of my first jobs, when I left that job, I left behind a notebook a binder full of extremely detailed instructions on exactly wow. how to do my job for the next person that was going to come along behind me. Okay. It's, 
it's like amazing how you can be functioning in your life and you can be excelling at something and not even realize that that's like a skill of yours until somebody speaks that word into you and recognizes it. And you did that for me. So thank you, Meg. In fact, recently, Nate and I were kind of having a little bit of a tiff with each other about um, like some home repair projects or whatnot. And at one point I said to him, I said, Nate, thinking through the worst case scenarios and the details of all of this, this is my superpower. So we need to figure Mm -hmm. out a way Mm -hmm. to harness the superpower because I know that your superpower is being super optimistic and I'm not trying to like drag us down, but we need to find a balance between these two superpowers of ours because I I have an equally important role here in all of this. And I think I have that confidence because of, you know, recognizing just the way that my my personality works, my enneagram, yes. all of that, all of that came from Sorta Awesome. I oh, I have learned so much it. from Sorta Awesome as like just a fan of the show myself, just like as a listener myself. I feel like I could probably write a book of all of the ways that I have like learned and and grown and all of the things that I I now own and the practices that I have you you were the one I learned from sort of awesome that planners <laughs> this is kind of embarrassing <laughs> I learned <laughs> that planners are not just places to write down your schedule like I have a doctor's uh-huh. appointment this day but it's a way that <laughs> that you can write down and organize your thoughts and your tasks and your to-do lists and your goals. And I had no idea. You told me, Meg, that um, you thought a bullet journal might work for me. And it does. It it is my main form of organizing my brain now. And I just, I had no idea. I didn't even know. I was like, why are... so happy. Literally, why is everybody so obsessed with planners just like it's just a calendar i had no idea (laughs) oh i love that i love it that makes me so happy so it was also the first time that i ever heard the phrase assign positive intent was on sort of awesome Mm -hmm. and i think Mm -hmm. as an enneagram Mm -hmm. six i'm easily suspicious of people and so trying to assign positive intent is always a good challenge for me so there's been like Endless numbers of ways that my life has been impacted in very practical ways, like the bullet journal and uh, the clothes that I buy or the skincare products that I have been guilted into using. Thank you, Meg. (laughs) And then there's just all the ways I feel like I have grown as a person trying to just be a better person in the world. And like so much of that is from episodes and special guests and you and Kelly um, and Laura, things like well beyond my own episodes, assigning positive intent and just all of that. Like there's just, it's it's just so much. This is just the tip of the iceberg, really. (laughs) Yes. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. And such a good reflection. I, I mean, you're listening to you say like I could write a book on everything I've learned. I feel like, oh my gosh, I could write a multi-volume series. 
there's been so much, so many things that I've learned. Um, so I completely, completely relate to what you're saying on that. Um, speaking of like enjoying sort of awesome, not only as a co-host, but as a listener, I'm curious, we are going to showcase one of the, the archived episodes that you wanted to pick for a best of, but like, what are some other like highlight maybe episodes that stand out to you, either ones that you were a co-host on or even from others that might've been on here besides the best of that you've chosen? Well, there's, there's two episodes that really stand out to me when I think about just being really, really impactful. And so it's uh, how to talk to kids about sex and oh, yeah. the, Oh my God, such a good one. And the BT Hartman's episode about coming out conversations. These were both, they were both huge in the way that they made me feel more comfortable and confident in how to respond to each of those big topics. Yes. Each of those things can feel really overwhelming or like you don't want to say the wrong thing. You don't want to mess it up. And I feel like both of those episodes were were just like a calming presence in my mind of yes. like you can do this yeah take a deep breath this is going to be okay let me help equip you yeah i loved both of those episodes so much those were so good definitely standout episodes for me too and then i mean the whole conversation and there's been so many conversations about like self-care versus self-comfort what's healthy and what's not um that was really the very first time that i thought through that and really felt challenged about perhaps some of the things that i was doing for self-comfort was not improving my life mm-hmm. and that sometimes the things that you need to do for true self-care are the hard things, the mm-hmm. things that you that are not quite as fun and as comforting. Yeah. And um yeah, I can just imagine that Kelly might speak more on that in her episode, but she I just feel like she really spearheaded yes. that whole thought process on sort of awesome. And I'm so thankful yes. to her for that. Uh it was a very light bulb moment. Yeah. Um anytime that the two of you were talking about the fact that sometimes our self-comfort in too much of a dose isn't right. actually a healthy thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I know that. that- because – Go ahead. Yeah, because honestly, for me, <laughs> I can lean way more into uh, too much self-comfort. Like there's so many people who just need to hear, it's okay to rest. It's okay to rest. I'm kind of the opposite. Like <laughs> – I have no problem with resting. Sometimes I need like a fire lit under me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't think that I am – I think I'm the exception to the rule usually. But um, yeah, I just felt like that was an important message that I needed to hear. That's so good. I know that one – that one has been profound for so many people. Um, So that's so good. Um, I love that. You're, you're like, I, I feel like every conversation about this, I'm going to be like, yeah, I love that one too. Oh yeah. I love that one too. Like what a joy, what an honor that we've been able to create so many conversations that have impacted so many people. And I'm like, and me primarily <laughs> like <laughs> served me so well <laughs> to do yes. this podcast for so long. I've learned so much. <laughs> 
So when I think about my my own episodes, mm-hmm. um, there are a couple that that stand out for me, and one of the things I've learned is how powerful it can be to hear someone else talk about the same things that you're struggling with. Mm. Hearing someone else put into words the thoughts that are tumbling around in my head always feels like a giant exhale. Like, I'm not the only one. That's exactly how I feel. She got through it. Maybe I will too. Every single time that has happened to me, it has been a healing experience. And so that is why I have tried to be so vulnerable on Sort of Awesome in some of the struggles that I have walked through. And for me, there are three episodes that really stand out for that. The first one was episode 80. It's called Offering Gentle Comfort in Times of Grief During the Holidays and Beyond. And this was in December of 2016. This was the first time I really got vulnerable on the podcast and tackled a more serious topic. Mm -hmm. I was so nervous. (laughs) I can always tell when I'm going to record something that feels really vulnerable and emotional because it just like, oh, it just makes my chest tight. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I know exactly. Um, So you and I were talking about um, miscarriage. I had had a miscarriage, and Mm. that was one of the first times that I was really sharing about it. We were talking about loss, and you were talking about like the divorce of your parents and just Mm -hmm. the different types of loss that there are. Mm -hmm. And we talked about why the holidays make grief so much harder. Yes. I remembered feeling like that episode gave me permission to be sad, Mm -hmm. even though everyone around me was happy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I wanted to be happy and I was like getting frustrated with myself. Mm. Like why is this – why does this feel so hard? Yeah. yeah. And I think that episode just helped me realize, oh, well, there's actually like a really – like this makes sense that mm-hmm. this feels hard. And this there's nothing wrong with you or the way that you're grieving. This is just the beast of grief. And this is just what, this is just hard. And you just need to, you just need to keep taking the next step because it just, this is just hard and it's okay that it's hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The next episode where I got really vulnerable was episode 192. And that was called Heartbreak, Doubt, and Finding Faith Through the Storms. And that was in April of 2019. In that episode, I shared candidly about how child loss within my friend group completely wrecked me and how I was able to slowly crawl my way back to God after so much doubt and anger. And like I said before about that like chest tightening feeling. Oh, yeah. Honestly, my chest like still gets tight like as I think about that episode like today. Right. um, It is probably the single most vulnerable and personal thing Mm -hmm. that I have ever shared Mm -hmm. on the internet. Mm -hmm. I think I even remember really pulling back from my usual promotion of the episodes that I usually did because I was like, I just – I just can't. This is just, it. Just it was just so raw. I remember me. very um, much the experience of vulnerability hangover for you after that came out, and that you just kind of like needed to go quiet for a bit with knowing 
that was out there. And it was, it was super well received too. It was just, that's just a lot. It's a lot to share um, publicly. So yeah. And then the last episode that just felt so extremely vulnerable was episode 426. This was just in January of this past year, 2023. And that was the pandemic broke me. Now what? And in that episode, I was able to say uh, the pandemic might be over, in quotes, uh, but I am not okay, and I just do not recognize myself anymore. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Sorta Awesome as a whole has been my lifeline for pandemic healing in general. Yeah. Like, there has been so many uh, conversations that have happened, uh, many more on episodes that I wasn't even part of that I just listened to, where we were a safe place to acknowledge the hardness of that time and to give ourselves permission to, uh, to just like sit in that, to like rest in that, to like take the time to heal and that things were not going to like if we were not bouncing back as maybe we thought that we should or that we thought that we saw other people doing whether they really were or not that that's okay yeah that if we weren't feeling like ourselves Mm -hmm. that that was okay Mm um yeah yeah that was really important for me Mm-hmm. And still, I think, continues to be important. So I would say those those are three of my episodes that really um, stand out when I think about vulnerability and the gift of vulnerability to others. Uh-huh. Um, wanting to – sometimes I get messages from people and they'll say things like, oh, I'm. S- it means so much that you said this thing. I am currently walking through, Mm. you know, fill in the blank. And this just meant so much to me. And I'd be like, okay, deep exhale. Like, that's why. That's why I felt the call to, like, put this out there into the world, as scary as it might feel. It's Maybe it's just because of her. Yes. Maybe it was all for, like, her because she needed to hear somebody else's voice say these things that are tumbling around in her head. Um, yeah. So those are, that's what comes to mind for me. I love those. And I, I think that genuinely you sharing so vulnerably in such, with such heavy topics has really given a model for all of us in the awesome community, because like a lot of our episodes, yours and mine, um, they are a little silly. We love to laugh. Like I have laughed on microphone with you harder probably than anybody. Um, and so it's just such a great reminder though, that like in, in friendship, in life and in friendship that you're going to, of course, have lots of silly, fun highlight moments, but also at the same time, part of that is the sharing the hard stuff and trusting those things to each other. I mean, you're trusting to the, them to me on microphone in a conversation, but also you're mm-hmm. trusting them to our community. I mean, to the, to the world at, at large, but <laughs> specifically to mm-hmm. our community. Yeah. And it, it's, it's both, it's both. And that relationship yeah. is a both and thing. It's both being silly and also processing through really hard stuff together. And I think that that has been, 
such a great model of the different dynamics that, that are needed in friendship, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I, I feel really like thankful and proud of those moments of those episodes, but man, my favorites are the funny ones. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about what you picked for your best of, as you look back on eight years plus of conversations. That's a lot. It's a big thing to ask. What did you pick as a best of? I picked one of our confession episodes. Okay. (laughs) Meg, we have had a lot of confession episodes. You tasked me with the job of picking Uh what I wanted to replay. Yeah. And I was like, oh, easy. A confessions episode. Yes. Like, there's no question. Yeah. Um. Do you know how many confession episodes I re-listen to to try to pick just one? (laughs) I don't have my notes, but Meg, I think it was like, it might have been eight Eight is what I was going to guess. You did. We uh, on Voxer, you were sharing some highlights (laughs) from some of the past ones. And I started laughing all over again, just listening to you recap them. I can remember editing because a, a number of these were before we um, brought on editors to help with editing and I would edit them myself. I can remember vividly editing those episodes and just like hysterically like tears running down, <laughs> laughing all over again. And I already knew, I already heard the conversation once, but then listening back when I was editing, just laughing so much again. I, I One thing, okay that I have grown in my confidence of, again, thinking of ways that I have grown and things that I have learned and beliefs that I have uncovered through Sword Awesome. It is the the mission of laughter. Like the gift to give to somebody Mm -hmm. a moment Mm -hmm. of escape. Yes. I mean, like I feel lighter even just saying that, thinking about the own stress in my life and just being like, yes, sometimes you just want that book to escape into, that sitcom to escape into. And I am just so thankful. Yes. And I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude for all of the times that uh, I have been able to help contribute to other people escaping their hard times. Yes. Because that is something that we hear about. Oh, yeah. I feel like we do hear people will send us messages about yeah. traumatic events that are going on in their lives and that they just needed an hour to think about something else just to turn their brains off. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's and it's it truly is. It truly is the most fun. Mm-hmm. I have had the most fun on Sorta Awesome, and it is because episodes like this. The episode that I picked is episode 243. It was titled, So Embarrassing, Here Are Confessions. <laughs> and I picked this episode out of all of the episodes. This was from May of 2020. Listen, I wanted to pick one that was a little bit older, but goodness sakes, we were different people in May of 2020. <laughs> We we said before we started recording, we don't even know how we got out of bed to hit record in May of oh 2020, gosh. let alone like this kind of confessions episode. Right. But the reason I picked this one in particular is because 
you and I are having so much fun. And I just think you can hear it in our voices. It is just, it is, it is one of the best. It is one of the absolute best. Okay. Well, we have gone in and pulled from the archives this for you. Truly, truly, how are we functioning? I don't know. I think we had a lot of pent up energy within us at that moment. Um, You know what, like a month and a half, two months into the pandemic. Um, And it just came out in just and just silliness and laughter. So we do have that for you guys um, ahead. And like I said, like we've talked about at the top of the episode, um, stay tuned because we also have some bonus footage that no one besides the superstars has heard of another. It was like an accidental confession, wouldn't you say? <laughs> it was 100%. Accidental, multi layers of us being like, "What is happening?" <laughs> we did not know at all that we were stepping into any kind of controversy. It just unfolded, and so it it has to be heard by everyone. Yes. So in, enjoy that, enjoy that never before heard <laughs> clip too. <laughs> we're gonna return to the archives when we come right back. Okay, friends, I have a message for the grown-up awesomes who are listening. Awesomes, if you are making your list and checking it twice for what you want this holiday season for yourself, I hope you've put great sex at the top of your list and you can get there with Foria. Foria is using all-natural plant-based ingredients to intensify sexual pleasure and relieve discomfort. You know that Foria has a serious cult following with tens of thousands of raving fans, including many people in our awesome community. Of course, I have to give a shout out to Awaken's Arousal Oil. Awaken uses CBD and warming, sensation-inducing organic botanicals that enhance arousal, sensitivity, pleasure, access to orgasm, and it helps with discomfort you might be experiencing during sex. And best of all, Awaken is there just to turn you on. And when you use it together with Foria's sex oil, you have got yourself the perfect combo for peak pleasure. So yes, you have my permission to try this. I fully endorse you to go ahead and treat yourself to more, deeper, fuller pleasure wherever you can find it and as often as possible. And you can start with a bottle of Foria. Foria is offering a special deal just for you awesomes. Get 20% off of your first order by visiting foriawellness.com slash awesome or use code awesome at checkout. That's F-O-R-I-A wellness.com forward slash awesome for 20% off of your first order. I recommend trying their Awaken Arousal Oil and the Sex Oil together. You're gonna thank me later. All right, Rebecca, confessions time. You and I both have a list. I think that you're better about this than I am. You usually have kind of a running list of like, oh gosh, I remembered this or this thing happened. I can definitely add this to a confessions show because we know we're always like, you know, should we do another confessions show? The timing seemed right to be like, yes, we're doing another confessions show. (laughs) Okay. I was attending a conference called Blistem in Nashville, Tennessee. It is for online business creators. So I was there with some people that I have run in blogging circles with and people I've collaborated with for a long time. And we were just there to 
learn about online business and all these different aspects to it. But I was spending a lot of time in particular with our friend Beth from Red and Honey. She runs a blog there that is all about natural living and whole foods. She's really, really a talented writer. And I was having so much fun with Beth. And one of the things that we kept joking about is at the convention center that we were at, there were these huge glass windows, just like floor to ceiling windows. And so if you would get up really close, if you are a little bit afraid of heights, it could actually step out away from the building just a little bit. And so the very last night of the conference, and I was talking to this businessman about an interaction, a product that he was having me try. And so we're close to the wall. We're close to the windows. And I'm actually leaning kind of against the windows. We're like right there. So as we're talking, I suddenly start to fall backwards. And I, (laughs) first of all, I scream because Beth's words are like instantly come into my head. I am falling through this window. (laughs) I'm about to die. I'm falling. (laughs) So I scream. I scream. Well, the gentleman (laughs) seeing my horror and panic on my face and in my voice, he reaches out to grab a hold of me to prevent me from falling through the window. But imagine my shock when I don't actually land on the cement below, but I only actually fell like two inches or like three inches. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) So what had happened? (laughs) What had happened was that I was actually leaning against like a current. They had these large like industrial blinds that were about halfway down the window. And I was leaning against that. And I was right at the edge between one window and the next window. And so I was leaning in just the right spot where it like gave way and fell backwards just a little bit in this gap between the blind and the actual window. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, yes. I can envision this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's like just like a two or three inch gap between the blind and the actual window. I was leaning against the blind, thinking I was actually against the window. The blind gives way, and I fall (laughs) a whole two inches to my near death. (laughs) The worst part about all of this is, you know, you would think it would just be the horror of me screaming in this man's face and requiring him to reach out and grab me when I'm not even really falling. But the real horror of it was, is that this struck me as so funny because I realized this is all just because Beth all weekend long had been saying, oh, my goodness, we're going to fall through the window. No, you're going to fall through the window. And I really, really thought I was falling through the window. It struck me as so funny. Meg, I could not get my act together. I immediately, after I realized what happened, burst out laughing in one of those like ugly cry laughing moments where like cannot stop i was trying so hard and we're still in the middle of this business exchange so i'm like first of all i'm apologizing i'm apologizing for the fact that i just like screamed in his face and interrupted our exchange with this terrible fright of me falling two inches and i explained to him oh no you understand like All weekend, my roommate thought that she was going to fall. And here I thought for a moment, oh, my goodness, I'm falling. Isn't that funny? Because I wasn't afraid at all. And 
and I'm trying to explain it, but then like I can't stop laughing. Yes. I cannot stop. I keep giggling. He tells me that I had a look of utter fright on my face. I'm sure. <laughs> yes. I'm sure you did. Okay. So fast forward then. I finally, finally finish up. I tear myself away from this man. He's probably thinking, good riddance. I go up to my friends. And at this point, I am full-blown crying. Tears are streaming down my face. And I tell them the entire story oh of me and my near-death experience of falling through the window. Beth in her brilliance, actually records me, like videotapes me telling this story with the tears streaming down my face. I have it on my Instagram highlights if you want to check it out. It was not (laughs) a good look for me. I mean, it was not a good look. (laughs) Oh, Rebecca, I can only imagine just like the adrenaline surge that you really like your brain didn't know the difference. Your brain really thought, oh, my gosh, this is it. I'm going to die. The adrenaline surge. I'm sure it took you a long time to like come back to your body again and your mind and your body was like probably trying to like do a big adrenaline release through all of the crazy laughing and cry laughing. It was something else. It really was. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good story. That's a good story to tell on yourself for sure. Okay. Well, my first confession, speaking of telling stories on yourself, this goes back a long, long time ago. Most of mine actually do take place in the past. <laughs> Yours are like pretty recent. Mine's I'm like, like I'm this happened back. to me yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're going to go back in time to my childhood, to my very first experience with being a host of a TV show. Now, what does that mean? Don't get too excited or anything. Well, listen, there wasn't a real TV show. (laughs) But when I was a kid, I don't think I've ever actually told anybody this story out loud. When I was a kid to entertain myself when I was cleaning house, because here's the thing, this is true to this day. When I'm cleaning house, I cannot just simply like be in the moment, like spraying the Windex on the mirror, wiping it down, dusting, vacuuming. It's so boring, Rebecca. It's so, so mentally numbingly boring that I need some kind of entertainment. Well, now in the modern era, we have podcasts or audiobooks or music to listen to. Now, of course, I would have had access to music when I was a kid, but for some reason, rather than listening to music while I was cleaning, When I was a kid, and I'm not talking about like a little kid, I'm talking about like probably upper elementary. I did this on into junior high and high school. When I was cleaning, I would pretend like I was hosting a housekeeping show that people were watching that I was performing for an audience. And what a riveting show it must have been. (laughs) This is so dumb. (laughs) This is so dumb. It's so dumb that I was performing the tasks for an audience and teaching them as I went through each step, like this is the proper way. Now today, we'll be cleaning the bathroom mirror. You're going to want to start with your Windex. And this was like, I realize now that I was like operating on a parallel track to what Martha Stewart was doing in her real actual career, you know, (laughs) but I didn't know who Martha Stewart was. Sure. Yeah. This was educational. Yes. I get that. You were I was teaching, teaching the people. people who, again, you know, this would have been riveting TV to watch somebody clean house. <laughs> when I saw Martha Stewart and her whole thing years later, I was like, well, I've been doing that for years. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing that for years. She totally stole my gig. 
Yes. <laughs> she stole it from you. <laughs> but I would genuinely, I would entertain my own self while I was cleaning. For some reason, I really have a vision in my mind of doing this when I was cleaning the bathroom. And I think it was because I had the mirror. Like I did have a built-in audience of my own self. <laughs> well, sure. Yes, that makes so much sense. Oh my gosh. So that is a huge confession for me that I imagined myself into being a TV host cleaning my house as a child for like, you know, who knows, untold millions would tune in to get their housekeeping inspiration from me and 12-year-old girl. <laughs> That's fantastic. Meg, I find this so relatable because you're going to think I'm lying. I did the same thing. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> except, except for... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Except I've never me. heard anybody else say this. <laughs> Okay, except I didn't have a cleaning Martha Stewart themed show. My show was like a reality TV show where cameras <gasps> just followed me around <laughs> while I did everyday ordinary tasks, but as a ballerina. Oh, well, there you go. That's a great reality show concept. Honestly, you were just ahead of your time. Okay, it was called, it had a name. Are you ready for this? Oh my gosh. Ballet with Becca in her household. <laughs> <laughs> that is priceless. The kicker here is that I never took dance lessons. I was not a ballerina. I was just making it up and doing just like ordinary tasks, like going out to feed the dogs and like whatever I was doing. But I would do it as if a camera was following me. And there would be times where I would cheat because, of course, the camera can't see my full body all the time. So I might just have my arms up in like a, I don't know, ballet terms, in like a pirouette position. Pirouette? That's not what you do with your arms. Anyway, it doesn't matter. You know, I might just have my arms up, but then actually <laughs> flat footed on the ground because the camera can't see that part because there's something blocking me. And then in the times when the camera could see all of me, that's when I would be up on my tippy toes doing like the full thing. But, you know, that's just my little secret that the viewers of Ballet with Becca in her household were not privy to. <laughs> Rebecca, this is the most on-brand confession I have ever heard from you. It was reality TV with a really specific concept. And you had all these producer secrets going on behind the <laughs> scenes. Oh, my gosh. I am dying. That is hilarious. Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> you and I, we've been training for this gig of podcast hosts our entire lives. Absolutely. It truly is in us. Oh, my word. It's my turn for the next confession. That was just a bonus. Yeah, that was confession. you. Okay. Yeah, you guys got a bonus for sure. That wasn't even on Rebecca's list, but I'm so glad that that triggered that ballet with Becca in her, what was it? In her household? In her household. <laughs> It's a very proper title. Did you go by Becca when you were a kid? Or that was just my, maybe like your on-camera name? No, I did some. Now, my family always called me Rebecca. I've never been a Becky, but in school, I did end up becoming a Becca at some point. I may have even used an accent. Who knows? I mean, that also seems on brand, but who knows? Okay, well, let's hear your next one. Okay, so my next confession is pretty epic also, I would say. This past January, I had a birthday, and my husband surprised me by 
really just allowing me to live my best life and really indulge in my major obsession at the time. So as awesomes may remember, this past fall, I accidentally became obsessed with One Direction and Harry Styles. And that obsession, it has continued to this day. For my birthday, my husband gave me tickets to go see Harry Styles this summer. I don't think that's going to happen, Meg. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) That is a very big bummer to this story, which is one of my favorite stories of yours. But okay, the main part of the story is still very funny. But the main part of the story. So he surprises me with these tickets to see Harry Styles and to take my girlfriends with me. And so he gives me a gift bag. I pull out the first item in the gift bag. It's this piece of paper with a picture of my girlfriends and I and a very poorly photoshopped Harry Styles. And then I pull out the birthday card and... (laughs) Wait, I feel like I need to stop you right here because you said very poorly photoshopped Harry Styles. Like, (laughs) you guys, we may have to even just put this directly into the show notes. You have got to see the visual for this. I'm thinking about it right now. I'm like having to bite my tongue to not die laughing all over again. The Photoshop version of Harry of this is so stinking hilarious. Okay, please continue. It's so good. My husband chose a terrible picture of Harry for this very bad (laughs) Photoshop. Maybe it's like his latent jealousy of Harry coming out. He's (laughs) like, I'm going to find the worst. I know that's a good looking boy, but he's got some bad pictures out there and I'm going to find it for this card. (laughs) Okay. So then in the card that my husband writes for me, he includes like song titles to Harry's albums and it is just the sweetest. So there's this whole presentation of the Photoshop picture, the card with the lyrics, the tickets, and I am like over the moon. I am so excited. I go to social media. And I tell everybody, I post it on Instagram. I post it on my personal Facebook page. You guys are not going to believe what my husband gave me. The image that I use is this like poorly photoshopped image of Harry Styles with me and my girlfriends. And then I say, and just check out what he wrote in the card. He is just the best. And then I post word for word what my husband writes in this card to me. (laughs) Fast forward. Okay, this all seems very normal on my end. But fast forward to later that day, or maybe it was the next day, I was talking to my parents on the phone. And my mom starts to unravel things for me just a little bit. (laughs) When she asks me, she says, Rebecca, who was that woman in the photo of you that you posted about the tickets that Nate gave? (laughs) And I was like, woman? That was Harry Styles. What are you talking about? Oh, she says. I couldn't figure out who the strange woman was. And guys, many people thought that this was some strange woman in a picture with me. I even had one person send me a DM and confess to me (laughs) that she tapped my photo on Instagram to see if this strange woman was tagged so that she could check out her profile because she thought something seemed a bit off about her and she just had to know what her deal was. But it gets worse. So then my dad is talking to me on the phone wishing me a happy birthday, yada, yada, yada. And then he breaks out with, so did Nate mean everything that he wrote in your card? It seemed a bit intense. And all of a sudden, it hit me like a ton of bricks. My dad has no idea that these were actually lyrics 
and song titles to Harry's album, to his songs. Oh my word, who else has no idea? Because guys, when I wrote this post on Instagram and Facebook, I gave zero context. I said that I got these tickets. I said, and read what my husband wrote in the card, but I didn't say that they were lyrics. I just thought, well, surely it's obvious because if you think he actually wrote it, then you think he's crazy because you guys, (laughs) let me just read to you what I posted, what he wrote. This is so priceless. Okay. I posted this on social media. Okay. It starts out to my sweet creature. First red flag. Very creepy if you don't know that Sweet Creature is the name of one of his songs. Right off the bat, Nate looks like a psycho. Okay. To my sweet creature, being married to you is like stepping into the light. Your kisses are like watermelon sugar. It must be a sign of the times. I adore you. Nate. Oh, my word. I'm so embarrassed even just now reading that again. Your kisses are like watermelon sugar. Oh, this is just more divine. My post on Facebook did not get a ton of traction. It didn't get a lot of interaction. Well, it's because everybody thinks that I'm like super oversharing, that my husband has this weird, twisted, romantic sense. It just sounds like he's on drugs trying to write poetry. I mean, oh, my word. It's so embarrassing. Oh my gosh. It is so funny. And I do, I remember when I read, because I don't really know Harry Styles lyrics either. I don't even really know a lot of his solo like song titles. I mean, if we're being honest, I don't know a lot of One Direction's song titles. So I was reading through it. I was like, well, this is sure interesting. (laughs) It wasn't until I got to the, it must be a sign of the times. I was like, oh, sign of the times. Now I know that. And then I went back and reread it through again. And I was like, oh, I see what you've done here. Yes. I'm an idiot. So I went yeah. back and I, no. I updated the post <laughs> and I said that, hey, these are solid. But by that point, the damage had already been done. My aunts and uncles and everybody have already read it and already thought that Nate thinks that my kisses are like watermelon sugar. Legit. They think that that's what he believes. <laughs> I have never been so lost in my own obsession to not see clearly the chaos that I was posting on the internet. Yes. Oh my gosh. That was such, such a good one. Oh my goodness. Makes me laugh every time I think about it. And really and truly, you guys have got to see the visual of this if you haven't already, because the card, like when you, I don't know, (laughs) when you look at the card, you either see one of two things. You either see a badly photoshopped Harry Styles straight away. And it's very clearly him. Or you are like, what's happening with this human being right here? There's a lot to unpack here and none of it looks right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. Well, my next one is more of an unpopular opinion, I think, than a confession. No, I'm going to confess something, but it's going to sound like an unpopular opinion. We're going to get there eventually. (laughs) Here is my confession slash unpopular opinion. I think that we have gone way, way overboard on not spoiling people (laughs) about pop culture-y things. Are you directing this like right at me? I am so sensitive to spoilers. I hate sharing. Are you? Oh my goodness. Okay. What what, what were we (laughs) recording just recently where I was like, I don't know. I don't want to spoil it for people. You're like, Rebecca, the show ended like 10 years ago. Was it that what we're watching yes. now episode? I was like, oh, we have to be yes, so careful about spoilers. <laughs> You're like, oh, yes. And they haven't watched by now. I think it's okay. 
And what were you watching? Like Friends or okay, something? Now. I was like, oh, don't spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't mean to direct this at Rebecca, but yes, Rebecca, this is actually directed at you. Okay. <laughs> but seriously, like, I think that we have become a little overly sensitive to it, especially, especially Rebecca with shows that have ended years ago. <laughs> But here's the thing. I feel like we have lost something in our culture when we can't all talk about a thing when it's happening because we're so terrified that we might spoil something for someone. Now, of course, the other side of this coin, Rebecca, is that there are people who are monsters who delight in spoiling things immediately. I'm not advocating for that. There are people who think it is so great and get such a kick out of, you know, seeing the movie, watching the season finale, whatever the thing is, and then immediately going online and talking about it in specifics. Now, I do not commend that. That I feel like is not okay. But I am talking about like, I think it's okay if you need a couple of days to catch up on something, especially I'm not even talking about binging a show that came out a long time ago. I'm talking about like real life, like season finales or like when a big movie comes out. We have lost the ability to be able to have a conversation about it because we all, instead of like when I was growing up, and now this is going to date me so much, but when I was a younger kid, I'm going to say early elementary-ish, is when the big nighttime soap operas were on, like Dynasty and Dallas and Falcon Crest. Now, I wasn't really super allowed to watch those, but sometimes I might sneak through the living room when it was on or whatever. The big show at the time, of course, was Dallas. And one of the big pinnacle plot moments was who shot JR, one of the characters on there. Well, when that all happened, and again, this was when I was a little kid, you could expect that the next day, everyone's going to be talking about that because everybody collectively watched it together and they got to have that communal experience. I'm using a lot of big hand motions right now. Rebecca's gonna, she's getting to see my big feelings come out of my body with this. But we all got to have this communal experience of talking through a thing that happened. And now the good thing is we can watch things at our own leisure on our own timeline, but it's all staggered. And so we never know when we can talk about a thing. And I've noticed this even in the Hangout because people will want to talk about something, maybe a show that we've recommended or a book that we've recommended on the show on Sort of Awesome, and people will want to talk about it. But then they're like, oh, but I don't want to start a thread because somebody might accidentally get spoiled. I don't know. I just feel like maybe we've gone a little too far in anti-spoiler culture. Well, it is a different time. It's a completely different way that we are consuming media. But you're thinking that while being sensitive to the changes in how we're consuming media, that we're too sensitive, we're taking it too far. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I will say, though, take this all with a grain of salt, because I actually do enjoy spoilers sometimes. In fact, once I discovered that you could get some pretty legit spoilers for The Bachelor on The Bachelor subreddit, I was like, I'm going to try this because, you know, a lot of people, including you, are very, very, very anti-spoiler. You do not want to know what happens on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. Once I discovered that was a thing, I was like, oh, this is actually, for me, I know this is a controversial opinion. For me, reading spoilers and knowing what's going to happen at the end makes the season so much more fun. I can't wrap my brain around that. I don't know how to explain it. I really can't. (laughs) And I'm scared to, like, give it a try because what if I hate it? Right. Totally. I have a feeling you might hate it because it seems like you do not like to be spoiled about things. 
I don't, you know, when somebody recommends a book to me and they give me kind of like the general premise or whatever, or even if they just say, oh, I think you would really like it. I don't even read the back cover. I don't read anything. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't like <gasps> you even just reading, go into like, a totally blind. Well, because for some books I've read that, oh, their son dies and then they get divorced and yada, yada. So I'm reading like the first two or three chapters waiting for the son to die. And I'm like, oh, this is so sad. I would rather just be hit by it unexpected that everything is like brand new. Oh, man. Not me. See, if the sun <laughs> dies, I want to know straight away. I need to be emotionally prepared before I get invested in that. So this is very interesting. Hmm. There's some kind of sociological thing going on here. I don't tend to read book blurbs. I don't. I don't even know what to do with that. I cannot imagine living that life. <laughs> That's crazy to me. Yes. Okay. But I'm also a kid. When back in the olden days, when we watched TV at the same time, when we all knew who shot JR at the same time, I would get like the TV guide or not even like a real TV guide, but our local newspapers version of the TV guide. And I would read through all of the plot points of my favorite shows for the upcoming weeks. I don't know. You may even be too young to remember this. I used to list the show and do like a one sentence synopsis of what was going to happen. And I would go through and read all of those. I just couldn't wait to find out what was going to happen. <laughs> really funny because like even on like Netflix and Hulu they give that little <laughs> summary for each episode and I never ever ever oh read them God. I don't even like accidentally seeing the thumbnail or <laughs> reading the title I cannot because there's been times where like oh somebody might die well no they're not gonna die because I saw them in the thumbnail like five episodes down the road no they're not dying Oh my gosh. Of course they're going to be around. My face hurts from laughing so much. <laughs> I had no idea before we started this recording that you and I were such polar opposites about this issue. This is so funny. Good, good stuff. Okay. Okay. So my last one is all about this past January, I had pneumonia. Okay. And I just want to say that going into this, I thought that I had kind of worked on myself with like body positivity and the number on the scale isn't as important as how you feel and how you look and numbers can be deceiving and it's not all about the numbers. And yeah, that number on the scale is higher now than it was like 10 years ago. But like, that's okay. I've come to accept it, like all this stuff. That has been somewhat important to me. I thought <laughs> I had that all under control. And then fast forward to <laughs> January. And I had pneumonia and I was sick in bed for several days. I pass out and my husband takes me to the ER, okay? Spoiler alert, I'm fine. I'm still alive and well. <laughs> but we're at the ER and they ask me my weight and I tell them. And then they tell me that the bed that I'm on can like weigh me. Oh. Like they're calibrated to do that. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. Well, the number that they told me was 30 pounds heavier than what I thought I was. Okay, all right. So here I am thinking, I'm all okay with this. The number on the scale doesn't matter. I had passed out. I am not well. I am like barely answering their questions, barely opening my eyes, barely moving. They say this number, 30 pounds heavier, and I spring to life. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry, what? What did you say? No, that's not right. What? I weigh how much? You like sit up straight up in bed and you're like, no, 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 no. Exactly. 
My husband described <laughs> the scene as like, I am half dead. Can barely, barely get out the answers to these questions. Can hardly be bothered to be telling them about how I've been feeling. And then they tell me that I weigh 30 pounds heavier than I thought. And suddenly <laughs> I'm Lazarus. I have risen from the dead and I have sprung back to life. <laughs> Guys, I was so upset. I said, well, was my husband leaning on the bed? Like, how is this possible? That would have been my first thought. Like, no, you need to recalibrate this bed. <laughs> They do reweigh me, and I'm looking at Nate like a hawk. Like, don't you dare even breathe on this bed because I swear you were <laughs> leaning on it when they took my weight before. And they did adjust yes. it, but it still was a lot heavier than I thought. And so my husband is looking at me, and he's just trying to figure out what's going on in my brain. He's like, well, I guess our scale is off. And I'm like, by 30 how? I mean, I haven't weighed this much, Nate, since I was nine months pregnant. Like, are you kidding me? I haven't eaten for like five days and I'm 30 pounds heavier oh, that's than right. I thought that I was. Oh, no. Well, okay. I went to the doctor then after I came home from the hospital. And guess what? Their scale weighed me the same as my scale at home. So I stand okay. by the fact that their bed was yes. wrong. But my ultimate confession here is that I thought that I was doing so well with body acceptance. I'm okay with how I am. Well, apparently not. <laughs> no, I get it. I totally do get it. I have had those moments too, where I think I'm just trekking along with all the body positivity in the world. And then like one thing will happen and I'll be like completely in the tank. So I get it. <laughs> I do wish that Nate had snuck a little video of that moment. <laughs> just your face. <laughs> Good, good, good. Okay. Well, my last one is a story that happened to me that I am almost positive. I have never told anybody else. Not even Kyle. I don't think I told him this when it happened. I don't even think I've told my sister Emily this story. It is not my finest moment. Well, I cannot wait to hear it. <laughs> it is a creative bathroom solution. Up is great. <laughs> it just has to do with when I had to come up with a bathroom solution for myself real fast, and this circumstance was not ideal. This was like 12 years ago. We had just moved from Texas back to Oklahoma, and we were living with Kyle's parents at the time for just a few months because Kyle was coaching college football and starting a new career in the financial services industry. And the firm that he had signed on to didn't know where they were going to place us yet in Oklahoma. They just knew it was going to be somewhere in Oklahoma, but they hadn't picked a city for us yet. So we were living with his parents for about three months. And so this was when Stacy, our oldest, who's now 15, was about three. And then our younger daughter, AJ, was not even a year old yet. She was like probably nine or 10 months old. I didn't have a minivan either. This was like a long time ago. This is a version of myself I barely recognize anymore. It was just, you know, just the four of us and our little family. My in-laws lived out in a small town about 45 minutes outside of Oklahoma City. So the girls and I had something to do, had driven into Oklahoma City and gone shopping at a shopping mall for the day. You know how things are, Rebecca, when you have a toddler and a baby. When it's time, and I had really pushed them to the max because I was just enjoying being out and doing stuff. And I was just having a great time and having a fun day with the girls. But they hit the wall of like 
it's nap time. It's now or never. It's complete meltdown. I'm pushing the stroller out of the mall. They're like sobbing and falling apart on the way out of the mall because they are just done. (laughs) (laughs) They are just done. So I get them all loaded up, get the stroller into my trunk. I get them, you know, they're all buckled up. We head home. Again, it's like 45 minutes. So we're leaving the sort of like city limits of Oklahoma City. And I am like, oh man, I've got to go to the bathroom. We'd gone and had, you know, lunch at the food court. And I'm sure I drank some kind of gallon sized Diet Coke because, you know, I have my problems with Diet Coke. And we were just outside of the city limits of the Oklahoma City. The girls, I should say, as soon as we like head off down the road, completely crash out because they were so tired. And I was like, oh no, I got to go to the bathroom. But I was like, you know, it's like 45 minutes. Like I can hold it. So we get a little bit further down the road. And I'm like, shoot, I have got to go to the bathroom. The girls are still asleep in the back. It's just me and the two girls. And so I'm going and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is getting really uncomfortable. And then I start going through these deliberations in my mind. Should I stop? What would I do if I stop? Because again, I have AJ, who is a baby, not even like a toddler. She's a baby, baby. And then my toddler. I only have the stroller. I don't have any of my carriers. I have no sling, no nothing to put AJ in because I was, you know, just thinking about them all. And we had the double stroller and all. Like if I got them up, woke them up after they'd been having this meltdown, they've only been asleep for a little bit. (laughs) It's going to be a mess. I'm going to have to carry the baby into this dirty public bathroom stall. And then I'm going to have my toddler and she's going to be, and Daisy was a very dramatic toddler. I was like imagining her continuing on with her meltdown. But then I was like, but I cannot, I cannot leave them in the car. Not only would I be like so anxiety filled that I probably wouldn't even be able to go to the bathroom, but I was like so terrified that that would be the one time that someone would see these two little, and it also is the summer. I forgot to mention that it was the summer. Like there's no way I could have left them in the car. And also someone would have called CPS on me. (laughs) So I'm just getting more and more desperate, Rebecca. And so I'm like starting to think like, what can I do? Like, should I pull over on the side of the road and like go off in the tree line and just like squat down and go? I'm just like going through every possible scenario in my mind. And I sort of glance over in the seat next to me, diaper bag. (laughs) And I'm like, "Mm -hmm. what if I pee in a diaper? (laughs) And listener, that's what I did. Oh, my word. No. No, I pulled over no. in some parking lot of some random business off of the <laughs> side of the highway. In the parking lot. Yes, I think I maybe pulled around to the back of the building. Like I tried to I get hope. a little privacy. I hope. <laughs> oh, my word. It was like, yeah, okay, girls, nobody wake up. Because <laughs> enjoy your nap. <laughs> See what I have to do. I'm sure I had shorts on, get everything off, get the diaper, get it all situated. Well, here's an interesting tidbit, fun fact. Kids' diapers are not the same as adult diapers. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) So here I am as a grown adult woman with a full bladder and that diaper, bless its heart, it filled up real quick. (laughs) But anyway, I managed to be able to get enough business taken care of that I could make it home and quickly, quickly dispose of that whole situation. I think I had a plastic bag in the car and I wrapped up the whole thing. And as soon as we pulled it in the driveway of my in-laws house, I took it immediately to their dumpster. (laughs) Hold on. I have follow-up questions. (laughs) Okay. Was your oldest still in diapers? Like, did you use her diaper or did you use the baby diaper? 
It was Stacey's. And yes, she was like on the very end of potty training, like to the point where I would just keep one with me just in case. So it was at least a bigger kid's diaper. It was not so you made the, the baby's smart diaper. choice. Yes, you made the yes. smart choice to use the largest diaper available to you. Okay. Yes. Did you secure the diaper to yourself with the <laughs> adhesive tape? <laughs> no, there's no way. Have you ever tried to put on to your full womanly had a few babies body? <laughs> well, shocker. No, no, I haven't, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, another question. Did it immediately absorb? Or like my fear would be that it would slosh around a bit and like leak out all over the car seat. It didn't well, get onto your car? It did a little bit. And I had leather seats at the time and never was I so grateful to have leather seats because they actually do clean up pretty quickly. It did absorb pretty quickly, but it also filled up really quickly to the point where I was like, oh no, that's all I'm going to be able to do. Like I said, I could only just do enough to just take the edge off <laughs> so oh I could word. get the rest of the way home. How have you never told this story? That's like the second your husband comes home for the day, that's what you lead with. I peed in a diaper today. <laughs> How is this the first time that you're talking about this? I was just so embarrassed. I had to pee in a diaper. <laughs> in my baby's diaper. <laughs> I had to pee in my baby's diaper. That's going to be the quote that we use on social media for this episode. I had to pee in my baby's diaper. <laughs> so awesomes, I hope that this has been a ministry of laughter to you. Rebecca and I have shared some of our cringiest experiences and our opinions. And well, I hope that your takeaway is that you've gotten to laugh a little bit at us. Feel free. You know, this is the time. Laugh at us. We can take it. We welcome you to do that for sure. Okay, awesomes. Uh, I know that you enjoyed every minute of that flashback with Rebecca and I. Um, confessions from May of 2020. And now, as promised, here is the bonus confession not heard before by anyone but the superstars. This, just to give you some context, in episode 459, of sort of awesome. We were asking each other, when was the last, when was the last time you did this? When was the last whatever? Well, we had so many questions for each other that we ended up saving some of them and doing them on the September, 2023 overflow, you know, just like some, some more questions. When was the last? You're going to hear how uh, one simple question that <laughs> seemed so innocent and innocuous at the time landed us deep in the territory of accidental confession. Please do enjoy. <laughs> okay. So what was the next question that we didn't get to? Um, um, <laughs> well, mm. when was the last time that you bought yourself new underwear? Okay. All right. When was it, Meg? I am so sad to say I don't even know the last time I bought new underwear, mm. but it's been a couple of years and okay. I am very, I, I need, this has been very convicting for me. I will say, I just recently talked about on Sword Awesome, I think with, in the episode with you, things we wish we had done sooner about buying the bralettes yes. at Target. I am almost, I would say I'm like 95% converted to just wearing bralettes now. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is so comfortable. <laughs> now I see why everyone <laughs> likes them. I thought they were for women with a smaller 
bra size than mine. But those ones from Target, I am loving so much. So I did buy bras, but the underwear department, Rebecca, it's pathetic. I'm disappointed in myself and I feel compelled now to refresh the underwear drawer. (laughs) It's time. Well, I mean, I'm right there with you in that I hold on to underwear for like way too long. Way too long. I know for a fact I have underwear in my drawer from when I was in college. What? I know for a fact. (laughs) I was not expecting that. I thought you were going to say from like when I was like, you know, I mark time with pregnancies a lot. And so like, I thought you were going to say from when I was pregnant with Isaac or something like that. But from college, I was not expecting. (laughs) I know for a fact, because in college, we did one of those, um, like, underwear exchanges. One of those, like, underwear, um, what is it called? Chain letter things. What? And so. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Have your kids ever gotten a chain letter for stickers. Yes. So like, okay, it's that, but underwear. Well, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> well, but on a college campus, it's so fun. So you buy a new pair of underwear for one person yeah, and pass out your letters. And then apparently you're supposed to get back uh-huh. all this other underwear. It didn't work. Which I... I know for sure two pairs of underwear that I still have that were from there. I don't think – I didn't get back, like, the promised amount because you never do. People are like, this is stupid. I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still have underwear from that underwear exchange. Whoa. That is like – As a reminder. <laughs> that is like a, you're, oh, crazy that you're say. 41 years old. <laughs> So I would say maybe underwear in your drawer that's over two decades since you got it. If you got it maybe early in your college career. It's been demoted to my period panties because we all have those. We all have those. Yes. We all have those. I have two different sides of my underwear drawer, the good and the bad. And let me tell you, the bad is getting really bad. Like (laughs) Some of them are 20 years old. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna save this for a confession. I know. I didn't even realize how bad that sounded. I was gonna say this was like a, a complete accidental confession episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, but my point back, circling back. Okay. Yes. Because I knew how bad my situation was. Yeah. I ended up jumping on one of Soma's underwear sales. Mm-hmm. I last year they did it twice where they did a 10 pairs for $40 sale. Yes. And I did it two times. I spent $80 on underwear okay. last fall. And I thought, I mean, I was that's that's great. For somebody who still has underwear from college, that was a splurge. That's, like, I that's was awesome. I remember yeah, you guys talking huge. about that. Yes. So I've been trying to keep my eye out for when that sale happens again. I thought it happened last August, but then, or like a year ago, August. Yeah. Um, but I didn't see it come around this August, but it should be happening in 
November around Black Friday again. How many? So you need you need to do that. How many pairs of underwear are you actively wearing? Like how many? I mean, do one you have any, like how many do you have in your collection? Because that's twenty pairs of underwear from last year, right? Wait, what I was it? Log- Ten. <laughs> how many was it? What I was the sale again? Ten. 20. It's yeah, it's just 10 for 40. Yeah. I have a lot of underwear. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't have nearly that many underwear. Now I, now I'm like, how many pairs to, do you think you have? Probably like 10. What? Yes. No, that's insanity. That is insanity. That's, that's insanity. Never, it's never occurred to me to have more than like 10 in the rotation. And period underwear, or is that including period underwear? Period underwear. No! Oh my word! I just pulled my earbuds out. What? I think that's more shocking than having underwear from college. Is it really? Only ten pairs, and that's your period underwear. Yes. Why you do laundry like twice every day? No, twice a week. Okay, I bet I don't even do laundry once a week. I bet I do Uh, laundry every week and a half. Oh, or two weeks. Well, that probably. I hate doing what laundry. every two weeks. How? I, mean, I have a lot of underwear. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Do you um just do your laundry, or do all of your children have twenty pairs of underwear and just like enough clothes to make it two weeks? I guess okay. that's the reason we do what? so much laundry. Is there's so many kids and there's just so many clothes. Just just buy more underwear. Okay. <laughs> When I say that I only do laundry once every one or two weeks, I'm talking about like my laundry. I only wash my laundry. I okay. can stretch my laundry out two weeks easy. I'm okay. sure I can. Okay. But um, the kids' laundry I do more often, but they also have underwear. Like we, like you need lots of underwear. Apparently, or you don't. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> I mean, no. I this have is just like, so fascinating. Okay. I have period underwear. Mm-hmm. I have um, regular everyday underwear. Yeah. I have like a little bit of sexy underwear. Yeah. Like, okay. You still only have ten pairs. I'm thinking like I have some thongs <laughs> that I wear with specific, you know, like when you need a thong. I don't yes necessarily wear it for the sexy factor. Um. There, I wouldn't even – okay, so like including those, let's say maybe I have like a 13 pair of underwear. I am so tempted to go over to my drawer and just open it right now and count how much underwear I have. I have, I have, I have, I have more than 13 pairs of underwear. Well, I know I do because I bought 20 new pairs last year. Oh, I know. But, but, okay, three of them I did not end up liking. Okay. Maybe four. And I gave those away. I sent a very awkward text to – somebody and said this is uncomfortable but do you want my underwear (laughs) this this is uncomfortable but do you want to do an underwear chain letter (laughs) here's how it works so the worst part is okay so she's like a friend but she's she's more of like a casual friend oh worst part I just thought that given her body shape, it would suit her better than me. But the worst part is that she was employed um, by my husband at the time. And so then I did go back and say to him, shoot, was this like sexual harassment that I just asked your employee if she wants my underwear? But I only gave her the ones that were brand new. I didn't give her the ones 
that I still with try. The tags on. Yeah. Yes. It's still in the tag. Still in okay. the tags. I didn't realize my underwear habits were so. Um, well, I didn't realize mine were so weird. I, I think is... you need more than 10. Okay, Rebecca, this has been so fun. Like I said, and I mean this, you guys, when Rebecca was recapping some of our past, like going all the way back to the beginning, some of our past episodes with confessions, I was crying laughing again. We have said some <laughs> very wild things on my <laughs> Hey, hey, you really have. Speaking of, quick follow-up to the May 2020 confessions, the peeing in the diaper, the infamous peeing in the diaper. Uh, here's a little, here's a little, uh, pro tip for you guys. I didn't <laughs> know until I just made this cross halfway across the country drive with my children. Um, you don't have to pee in diapers if you have a pee emergency because you can go onto amazon.com and you can purchase for yourself a bag of pee bags for <laughs> emergency situations. They are they are bags, Rebecca, specifically meant for peeing or also, also, vomit. No. Nope. No. Yes. Oh, okay. Not, not poop. <laughs> I, I do not recommend any pooping into these bags. That seems like it would be a huge mess. Um, But they're like bags and it has inside it, it has like the, the, the diaper gel that absorbs pee in diapers. What? Yeah. And so... If you have children who are public bathroom averse, like one of my twins is, like com gets completely freaked out about using public restrooms. Fortunately for him, he's a boy and these are quite easy to use. You just pee right into the bag and instead of there being pee sloshing around, it's absorbed. It's like a, it's like a full <laughs> diaper. You just throw it away at the gas station in the trash or whatever. Um, so... I, it says they're unisex. I'm like, I don't know how, like, I would have to be in pretty dire straits, for example, having a, a sleeping baby, <laughs> a toddler who I don't want to get out of the car. I don't even know how, how to use this as a woman with woman parts, but they do exist. And I will link to them in case you want to keep them in your car. <laughs> also, if you do have a kid who gets car sick perfect to keep on hand for any car sick moments um oh we God. also had another follow-up from our accidental underwear confessions oh what was yes. our what was our what did we say our total numbers were at the time because we calculated after that recording right yes you and i we did our diligence we went to our underwear drawers. We pulled everything out. We counted. Even in the dirty laundry, we counted. Because yes. um, you know I had some dirty laundry because <laughs> apparently I never do laundry. Um, <laughs> you had a total of 16 mm. pairs of underwear. Okay. And I recall that that even included like – all your stuff. Mm -hmm. like, even the sexy, rarely worn. Even the sexy mm -hmm. underwear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. From period panties to the sexy stuff. It was 16. Can I tell you that I have even less now? <laughs> I cannot. I cannot. When we packed a move, I did another culling. I did another purge. And now I have even less than 16. What was your number? I... Like, I just have this face of disgust. I can't even, I can't even she look at you. She does not know how I okay. live this life. 
Okay. Well, I think everybody's going to think I'm the crazy one because I have 58 pairs of underwear. And instead of getting less (laughs) since we did that recording in September, I actually bought more. (laughs) (laughs) Did Soma have their sale again? (laughs) Soma did have their sale, but... It was, um, I finally bought some period panties. I decided to finally try them. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So like, like the real, like the, yes, the real absorbing ones. So I, I purchased some of those. So I, so you have even more. I need, I really need to declutter my underwear drawer, (laughs) but you know, it's kind of, it's going to be like the new pizza stone situation. Like, is Rebecca ever? Than a throwaway underwear, or is she keeping it forever? I take comfort in the fact that, first of all, your underwear drawer, fully stocked. Apocalypse, mm-hmm. forget it. No, she's mm-hmm. the person that will have all the underwear. I also take great comfort in knowing that that pizza stone is still in the basement. Still down here. <laughs> I, I may just use it. No, you won't. Before the show's over. <laughs> If you ever unearth it from your basement and use it, you have to. You promise me you will send pictures, maybe even video of it being used. I want that to happen. I promise. I promise. (laughs) Um, Rebecca, this was so much fun. It is very bittersweet. It is very nostalgic. It is very just, I love it. I, I love it. And also it makes my heart hurt. So... All of the things that come along with um, bringing something to a close, something very much beloved. In the meantime, I know people do want to keep up with you and see what great adventures you have ahead. Where's the best place to find you all around the web? My website is simplyrebecca.com. You can sign up for my newsletter there. And my favorite place to hang out on social media is Instagram, although I am everywhere. And you can find me there at simplyrebecca. Okay. You can find me at sort of awesome Meg in all of the places. Don't forget, come and join us uh, on social media. Come to at sort of awesome show on Instagram. We'll bring a little bit more awesome to your Instagram feed. And for sure, for sure, you guys... If you have not yet joined the Sort of Awesome Hangout, please go ahead and do that because even after the podcast of Sort of Awesome comes to a close, the Hangout will continue on and we would love to have you in our community over there. So it's super easy to find. Search Sort of Awesome Hangout on Facebook and you'll find us there. Rebecca, thank you for taking this walk down memory lane with me and thank you for sharing all of your insights of your Sort of Awesome years. I so appreciate it. Happy to be here. <laughs> All right, awesome. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.